Hi, I'm Tracy Walton. I'm an Atlassian consultant with ISOS Technology, and I'm here with Ann Kaharman, our principal agilist. And today we're going to talk about how agile solutions can help you become more flexible during market disruptions. Let's do it. Okay, so I want to hear some good stories. I want to hear your experience with customers and what they have run into with like needing to change course. Something new has come up. They have new information and it's important to their business to continue existing. I want to hear from you the stories that you have. So I worked with Johnson & Johnson last year. I joined their team right when COVID hit. We were all working from the video camera and they were struggling. They were trying to figure out how do we continue operations, even with just digital connections rather than face-to-face conversations inside the office. And on top of it, the projects that they had committed to in their annual planning procedure, they were no longer relevant. So you're telling me that they have an annual process where I'm sure a lot of people put in a lot of time to make very good forecasts or best they can to say, this is what we're going to do for the year. And everybody's happy or happy enough to like, yes, let's march forward. This is our plan for the year. And then yeah. boom, of course, COVID is the most recent, but it could be any kind of disruption, right? Like another, a new competitor, what have you. And like all of their well-intentioned plans are useless. And everybody's right. stuck. Right. Like scrambling, this is real. This is real world. I mean, it really did catch a lot of companies off guard, and it really did show which companies were prepared for such an activity or such a disruption in the market. Right. So, you know, large corporations, there's a lot of moving parts. Absolutely. We have to plan ahead. We have to plan our budgets. There's large teams that we have to pay for and we have to sign up for in advance. And so it makes sense. Yes, we need to plan ahead. We need to plan ahead. But what happens is that it's, there's so much planning and there's so much detail around that, that there's no way to switch or to, to change plans. No wiggle room. No wiggle room whatsoever. Exactly. And so they've set themselves up in such a way that they're held hostage by the projects that they've committed to. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You're telling me that we have leadership running organizations who now have rendered themselves basically useless, powerless, right? Except for that one time each year. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Uh, And they have no avenue to say, okay, here's our new decree. Here's our new plan. We're going to adjust. So it's what, like chaos and low chaos. They're coming to me. They're asking me, how do we wrap up this project faster? I want to get this done with agile. I want to be agile and get this done faster. And I have to say, hold on. Why are you still continuing on this project? Why can't you just wrap it up with a bow, put it on pause and deliver it later? And they come back and say, well, the finance department says I have this budget. I've got to use this budget. They're all in the same organization though. (laughs) Shouldn't they all be marching to the same? Yeah. Yes. They all supposedly have the same goal in mind, right? Improve the customer's life, right? And so COVID was happening. We've got this huge change in the market. They have these products that they're trying to enhance, but these products are no longer valid or relevant anymore because these other set of products need to be released or these are enhanced in some way, but they can't switch. 
because they have to use up that project budget. They have to use up that team that was spun up just for that project, right? And so they're trying to become more agile or saying, okay, what? how can agile help me finish this faster? And really the question is, how do I change without having too much disruption within my teams? I want to know one more thing. Like, what do they go and tell the board? I think they're just managing expectations at this point, right? They're just getting really polished in how they explain how, you know, hey, board, we signed up for these. And the board has to say, well, okay, I guess this is it. This is how we are. I think everyone is just really used to this kind of activity. So they're, they're just so, oh, well, we've already signed off. It's not signed off. We can't change. It's not allowed. You know, or they can change, but there's a big process to change this. That sounds like big, you know, more agile ways of working could encompass quite a bit of the organization, you know, like I think, especially for the organizations that have been working this way forever, you know, since the beginning, and I'm sure you've seen this as well the tooling, especially in software development organizations, the tooling has had like consistent amount of feature, feature, feature. Let's add more features to it. And they haven't been able to adopt the technical practices that would allow them to quickly get changes out the door. Right. Right. And something to mention about that as well, we've got teams that are doing a lot of the pre-work before they release, and then they hand it off to a group of team or team of teams that have to go and then release it. And what happens is that they just collect the work, then they collect the work, and then they have this one huge release that happens either monthly or every other month or twice a year or once a year even, yikes. And what happens is that there's so much activity preparing for that, and the customer meanwhile, hasn't received any updates on the new features or software. We have The company hasn't received any feedback from the customer about how this new feature is. So yeah, there's a well, lot there's to be... All kinds of problems pile with this. Then you have your stakeholders who are, or your sales team that want to get features out into the market so that they can make their sales goals. And we've got like scope creep coming in and corner cutting happening. And maybe we don't really need to build it this way because we can get it out faster if we cut on quality. And we'll just put that in our technical debt pile. Yeah. And also a lot of us telling ourselves that, no, 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 this is what the customer needs. I've done so much research. I haven't talked with the customer yet, but I've done so much research. This is what the customer needs. And let's build it, this thing. And let's spend a lot of time on it. And let's add other features But rather than more importantly, what they should be doing is releasing to the customer and getting their actual feedback rather than building this thing bigger and bigger before you release it. I can see how that also ties into the the annual planning. Like we're planning a project for an entire year. I'm going to make sure I ask for budget for the final big thing with all the bells and whistles because I got a whole year to build it out. And this is my opportunity to get this budget. And so I'm going to go for it as opposed to, all right, let's really focus on customer value and their feedback and building the right thing with the right quality. Oh man, wouldn't that be awesome if I could bypass that? It's like a a bad cycle. And I think one of the reasons why the leadership is held hostage is because of the technical inflexibility. So basically what happens is that 
you know, you've built up your entire decision-making process is almost on an annual basis. And you've also built your technical tools and your releasing abilities around that annual. So maybe you're having infrequent releases. If there is a way to invest in technology, it enables your developers to release on their own and to have that direct line into their customers so that they can go. You mean I don't have to wait for eight other teams to finish what they did before I get my thing out the door so I can find out what my customer thinks about it? What? (laughs) That's right. We don't have to put all the things in the kitchen sink into this item and then hope and pray that on the Friday night at 2 a.m. everything goes well. If not, if it doesn't go well at 2 a.m. on Friday, we have to roll it all back and retest it and retool it and figure out all these activities to try and make it right. And constant these go-no-go decisions. You've got the war room set up, the go-no-go. Are we going now or not? Are we going now or not? And every day, it's almost like a war room go-no-go decision. And it's stressful. Everyone doesn't get sleep. You know, whether or not they go home, they're not sleeping, they're not resting. And so, you know, wouldn't it be nice if you had a lot of automation? Definitely not the place that the high-quality talent wants to stick around for a long time. I love that we're getting the two aspects of this problem. It's a big problem, right? We have the annual planning side of this, and then we have the technical wherewithal to get all of the work that all the hard work we've done out the door. And if we have them both together at the same time, holy goodness, that's a lot of stress and pain and uh, difficulty around making things different or just changing our direction, doing something different than we had initially planned. And no wonder our leaders, our board is asking, why is it taking two years to get this done? Why can't we get this done in six months? Right? So Anne, let's talk about solving the problem. Because I think I'm like at this point, literally listening to the story going, oh my gosh, this is, I've lived this myself, right? And it's painful because all of the people in my organization on my team are bought into like the reason why we exist and our customers and we care about them and we're all stuck and we all want to do it differently and want to get things out the door quickly. We want to be happy with our work. We want to see it actually making a difference in the lives of our customers and we're stuck and we need help. So what do we do? What do you suggest? Well, definitely take a look at your technical pipeline how can you introduce more automation and more flexibility into your technical operations? That is a really big success factor in getting any improvement in your flexibility. So, you know, it's important to make sure that you have the technical ability to do such things. There's a lot that we can do with physical behavior process and handoffs, reducing handoffs, eliminating some steps entirely. There's a lot of probably old legacy procedures that the company has formed or has you know, decided, oh, we have to do these steps in this way. We can definitely take a look at that. I mean, it's important to re-examine your operations and your procedures of how you go from idea to production. You know, and these are all addressed in just becoming a more agile organization, you know, adopting agile, you know, it's the buzzword, but you know, becoming more agile, more flexible more interested in what the customer is seeing and how do we get that new updated information to our customer faster and with more, you know, better quality around it. I think that the agile principles are huge in helping to steer and guide organizations 
you know, understand the why behind some of the changes that, you know, working with a coach or any other expert, you know, might guide you. You know, one of the other things we've talked about before is, you know, allowing for technical or technical initiatives that enable the teams to work faster inside of our planning, right? Like who in our annual budgeting planning cycle wants to go up to the table and say, give me millions of dollars to invest in our technical ability to relief, right? Yeah. We need to re-platform. It's going to take us $3 million and the customer won't even know we did it, right? That's a really hard sell, right? So trying to convince your board of directors, like we're going to do this thing, but the customer is not going to see it. What's going to happen in the future is we're just going to be able to do things faster. That activity of trying to make sure that value is front and center is really the the hard thing. And it's probably a muscle that not too many people have flexed in the past is saying, look, if we take a pause and we take that moment to invest in better technology so that we can deliver faster and we can deliver with better quality. And if we create more automation, if we take that time out to write automation scripts, or we sort of retool some of our processes, we're going to be able to deliver things in as quick as what Amazon does, right? 11.7 seconds, they're releasing things. At least that's the, right? So It can happen for every company, no matter how old the company is. It's just a matter of adopting those tools. And making incremental improvements because you're not going to make that change overnight and, you know, like experience a miracle in that regard. And I can just feel my throat kind of like closing up as you're talking. I'm like, wait a minute, take a pause and work on, you know, investing in our team so that they can release faster. Well, what about all these features that I want? And so there's like a compromise and an understanding of like, hey, in order to adjust and get what we want, we need to invest in the right areas. And because our team can become more predictable, because our team can, you know, adjust to new information that's coming in, and because we've invested in their technology, we will be able to deliver those features to our customers, that value to our customers, and stay relevant in the market. Like It is possible. I want to talk a little bit about making that happen I've said this a million times and I'm curious like how much you agree with it, to be honest. But what I've said is, hey, if you already knew how to be doing this different, you would be doing it, right? And so talk about being in that kind of situation as a leader in an organization. I'm sure you've experienced this as well. You talk with a potential client and they're very confident about how well their organization or their operations are doing. So the confidence, you know, dare I say ego gets in the way of the realization that, oh my gosh, I am one of these companies that was caught without being flexible when COVID hit. Yikes. That's right. I was, we had a month or two that we had to retool and we had to take a break from stuff and we had to close down and People had to figure out how to get their laptops and their monitors home. I mean, there was all of that inflexibility. And then we had to figure out how to allow VPN for our our employees to work from home. It took 
weeks. We had to pay everyone in the meantime because, you know, we couldn't just cut their pay because this happened. You know, they were doing their best to work from their Gmail accounts or something like that. I mean, there was a lot of risk going on. I'm sure there's many examples of what companies were going through trying to figure out, okay, how do we go from an in-office employee company into a work-from-home employee teamwork environment? How do we embrace a team or remote team software for the first time. Well, I was just saying, so if I'm one of those organizations that, you know, is listening to this and can relate to those, you know, those challenges, and I do acknowledge, oh, yeah, that's us. And we've painted, you know, like we've teased some of the picture of how it really could be different, how you don't have to be stuck with what you planned a year ago. You don't have to be stuck with waiting for 18 other teams to finish all of their work before you can actually get this out to the customer. You know, And I've acknowledged that what we're doing isn't working. And I've heard of this Agile thing. And it doesn't resonate quite with me yet just to say, oh, we need to do Agile. You know, like, What do you recommend organizations do? Definitely embrace external help, right? An expert, a person who knows, you know, who has done this before to help companies change the ways of working, you know, embrace the fact that there needs to be someone from the outside to say, to look at your operations and give you some, you know, tips and tricks and to actually give you some expert advice on what to do. I've seen this a lot, right? Our customers are experts in their field. They're experts in their business. They're experts in what they do. And that is like fantastic and needed, right? To continue to run your organization. But I love what you're saying about embrace other experts that have an outside you know, perspective and that can bring, well, this is what we've seen work and be successful in an organization. They don't have the ability to hop maybe from organization to organization and shop around and find what's worked really well. But bringing in an expert who's had that experience, it's got to be incredibly invaluable because here we go. We've seen this work and let's roll up our sleeves together and, and make it happen. Right. Another benefit to bringing an external consultant or a coach or, you know, whatever you want to expert SME is that coming from that external source is going to be felt and heard a lot more clear than if you have one of your internal persons go out and learn it and then come back and tell it because that's then trying to coach your peers on a new way of working and it might not be received that well, you know, and it's a good point. Trying to, yeah, trying to change from within is, is hard. And so it's a lot easier to introduce an expert and say, okay, this is an expert that has been observing us. And this is what they've come up with rather than having an internal person be like, okay, we're going to do this change and this is how we're going to do it. And, you know, these are the observations I've made. And it's kind of like, it doesn't have a bad, it doesn't have as much of a impact. I agree wholeheartedly. I think it'll take a lot longer if you have to, you know, upskill your team to understand the new ways of working and then go and try it out, find out how, okay, that didn't work and let's adjust. And to remain disciplined is a difficult thing to do. And so I love that, you know, bringing in an expert can definitely cut that learning curve out, right? And get them to change into their roles faster. Yeah. And, uh, you know, like I said earlier, this is a serious matter because, you know, like if you fast forward the situation and that we've been talking about, 
with inability to, to adjust and change, like you're going to be out of business in this century. Like, I don't know how you're going to stand, but you're going to have other startups come on the scene. There's going to be advances in technology and you're going to get to a point where it's going to be really difficult to catch up. And so, you know, let's have a reality check. Let's bring in an expert and let's stay relevant. Let's keep our people happy because they are able to see their contributions in the hands of their customers quickly as well. So, and talk to us a little bit about the people out there watching us who are relating to these problems. They have, you know, heard about this agile thing and they like what they hear. They can hear our passion about agile and the difference that it makes. And they want to engage with us and, you know, talk a little bit about what they can expect. Partnering with ISO's technology, I mean, basically we can help you identify some of the gaps or identify places where your organization is inflexible. We can help you figure out how to retool some of your technology. We can work with you on improving some of the processes and lessening the handoffs and all of that activity. We can help work through all of those items and improve working. The relief that I felt when you were talking about that was like, oh my gosh, you're going to give me the how to, you know, like we are the guidance to go from, okay, we understand where you're at today. We understand where you want to go. And here's the roadmap. Here's how we're going to partner together. We're going to help you get the, the tooling, be able to make the decisions that you need to make in order to get your team working faster. We'll take the mystery out of how to make this happen right? And partner up and roll up our sleeves and get in there and do the work. We're not going to just shove over a bunch of agile concepts to you, you know, pontificate about how great it is. We're going to get in there and like work with you and make change happen in your organization. ISOS Technology has been a platinum partner with Atlassian for the last 10 years or so. And we are expanding. It's really actually incredibly exciting because now we have the ability to offer services to our clients focused solely on agile mindset, agile practices, agile methodologies that take our clients from, you know, like the best use uh, practices of their tools to the best use of their time with their processes to reach their, you know, strategic goals. So it's really exciting that we're able to now offer to our clients the enterprise agile coaching services. Hi, I'm Tracy Walton, Atlassian Consultant at ISOS Technology. Thank you for joining Anne and me today to discuss agile solutions that enable you to respond quickly to market disruptions. Visit isostech.com slash get agile today and download our white paper on enterprise agile transformations. 